0: Hey everyone,
1: I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is PSI Talk. Mm Welcome back, everyone, another week another episode of I Talk. Hi! Before we get into today's episode, we just want to let you all know that this is a safe school- space for you. This is always going to be a safe space for you. I know the world might seem like a scary place right now for, for a lot of people. We are here to provide you with a dist- distraction. Okay, so I don't to say the world might seem like a scary place right now and i know a lot of you or most of us might be scared about what is happening and i know there's a lot of hate crimes going on okay and we've talked about it when we covered the csi new york episode If you guys remember we covered that episode i think a month ago if i'm not mistaken and one thing that we didn't realize was how we do not understand the hate that comes from it. It comes from the here, Or else some people are getting attacked that have nothing to do with whatever is happening across the globe. We are here to provide you with some dis- distraction. okay? We are here to provide you with a moment of happiness amidst the chaos that everyone is going through right now. And it's, we can get your mind off of it for the next half hour or 40 inch minutes. And we've done our job, or if you want to do a marathon on our show, go ahead. But we just want to, we just want to be here for you because this is a family. This is a huge family, which seems like family, okay? And we're always going to be here for you, okay? Regardless of your gender, your sexual orientation, you religion okay we love you we are here just to talk about our favorite tv show and break down some episodes talk about the relationships between the, the characters and that's it okay you might agree or not agree with the positions taken by some of the cast those that made their positions public and that's okay At the end of the day this is a story that we're talking about, okay? And just separating the art from the artists, like a lot of Harry Potter friends, fans have to do, like I'm to the Harry Potter kind of franchise, because obviously the ass franchise is not really good at the moment. Today, well, there's a lot of cases going on on this episode. The name of this episode is Toe Tags. A lot of things happen inside this episode. And it happens right after Bill to kill. Well, we uh, what's
0: part one next week.
1: Yeah. But uh, this happens a lot in CSI whenever there's like a very tense or upsetting episode. The next episode is always like a lighthearted episode. As lighthearted as it can be, because it's still a, a mystery show. It's still a police show, a police drama show. So there's still some deaths, but it's still there lighthearted. The official synopsis of this episode is that the seized victims in the coroner's office give voice to their own murder investigations for the first time. A drowning victim found in an elevator investigated by Catherine, a woman who fell off a cliff investigated by Warwick, Sophia, and Greg. A soldier stabbed just after re- returning from Iraq investigated by Nick, and two victims of a chainsaw massacre investigated by Grissom and Sarahs. A lot of cases going on here. Well, the first case that happens is actually a captain's case, right? But this episode is divided in four chapters, actually. The episode begins, and there's a, a dramatic song. And Doc Robbins is turning up a female victim, while David, he is William, another victim of the board. Grissom, he is actually teaching a group of students. There's a group of students on the lab, taking a tour of the lab. So it's CSI. And what better place to teach than the morgue, right? Grissom is leading a group of students through the morgue. We see the the body that David is willing is a victim called Donut. And she doesn't know. And there's another victim there as well, a blonde girl. And the first victim said that she doesn't know if she ends up there, but she knows that somebody's going to find out. We later would know that she has that much confidence because he's a cop. So she knows that the CSIs will find out what happened to her because we've seen it time and time again when the victim is a cop. The CSI tends to work a lot harder. Than they usually do for any other victim, right? The first case is actually this. All the cases on this episode is divided by they are divided by chapters, and the first chapter is Chapter One. American Beauty it is obviously a reference to the movie itself, American Beauty. And the have you ever
0: watched the movie?
1: Uh, no, I just know that it's a reference to the movie. Have you? Well,
0: it's a disturbing movie.
1: Yeah, I've heard that it's a disturbing movie. I- I've read the, the synopsis of the movie and. It reminded me a lot of the book Lolita. too. Anyways, on the case of this first chapter is Catherine and A housekeeper inside a hotel, she found the victim wrapped in a towel inside an elevator. Catherine realizes by the threats of cotton white fibers that the victim was actually dragged into the audience. Catherine tells brass that actually they have to look into 33 other floors because she just takes take a quick look to the elevator panel and she realizes that there's no 13th floor no 14th floor no fourth floor because each country has different superstitions. and she says she learned that from sam at this point in time sam brown her dad is dead i think he's just been killed just in some previous episodes she's still feeling it at some point during this investigation brass asked her if she's okay working in this case and catherine's like i just need to work i just need to distract myself even though the case is happening inside a casino she's she's okay with working david shows up i mean there gonna pull like a triple on this episode because there's a lot of bodies they find a lot of bodies in just one single day and catherine's like oh can we turn the body i just take a look at her back and when dave rolls her body Water comes out of the victim's mouth. And Catherine's like, I'm going to take a wide step here and say that she drowned. <laughs> yeah, COD we would definitely be drowning. She would drown. Catherine would be like, how does one drown inside an elevator? Catherine, she goes floor by floor to see from which floor the victim was actually disposed of. And she does find it. She goes through one of the laundry bins, and she does find the victim's clothes along with a gun holster and the victim's ID, which shows that the victim was a cop from San Francisco. The says that San Francisco PD allows their cops to quote-unquote moonlight, which means that the San Francisco PD allows them to be private security for some people in other states. And also, San Francisco has another meeting here. It was obviously the city that... Anyway, the manager of the hotel said that Donna, the victim, was not a registered guest, but she was working as a private security. She was working as the private security for for a guy named Robert Singh. He's from abroad. He (laughs) came to Vegas to to play poker or something like that. And they go to this guy's room, and Catherine realizes that the furniture has been rearranged in the shape of eight. The manager says that, yeah, it was rearranged. And it Robert's request. When she goes to the bathroom, she realizes that the victim most likely was drowned inside the inside Robert's bathroom. Also, something that, that I forgot to mention, Catherine found a rose paddle inside the victim's hair. And she finds more of those rose paddles inside the Robert's Infinity tub. And also, we found out that Grissom has a tub inside his, his house because Doc Robbins said so. How does Doc Robbins know that Grissom has a tub?
0: He probably went there doing some of his migraines. Cause you know, he has a doctor. He's a, and he's friends with Prism. Yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> are you? And like well, he has a townhouse.
1: Yeah. Okay. So if I had a townhouse and I had a tub and all my friends would be like, "Look, I have a migraine," well, like, "Can you just?" Oh, i would be like, "Go for it!" Like, "Go for I'm saying, "Go ahead." So, anyways, so Robert tells Brass dad. Donut has worked for him the last 12 times that he came to Vegas, so we don't know if he comes once every year or twice every year or something like that. Doc Robbins tells Catherine that, yes, the COD was indeed drowning, but because there is bruising on her shoulders, it means that she was held underwater, and there are defensive wounds on her knuckles, which means that she fought back. And... Brass talks to Robert again, and Robert says that he did leave the game because the the, the game is happening inside the hotel, but in another floor. He said that he did leave the game at some point because his luck was bad, and he came back to this week by himself because he couldn't reach Donna. He tried to call her, but she didn't pick up, and he's backed by witnesses because he made that call in front of everyone. He went to his room, went to the bathroom, changed his underwear, and came back. And his look changed. Okay. Catherine, she is looking at the surveillance footage. And she sees somebody pushing Jonah's down this, down this body into the elevator. And she realizes that the sleeves of the shirt that the killer was wearing is wet. And she wants to analyze the rose petals from the tub. So she realizes that the rose petal has grapeseed oil, which is the same oil that Robert asked the hotel to put inside his tub, which means that the petals came from his tub. We knew we knew that she was drowned inside that tub. So Catherine and Brass, they Goes to it again, and they want to see his t-shirt. The, since clothes had just been dry cleaned, there's no evidence, essentially. Catherine is looking at the surveillance again, and she sees that the killer pushed all the buttons. And Grissom is just asking her if she's made any progress, if she could lift any prints. And Catherine says, yeah, but it's just as mud as I can get any prints. And Grissom's like, you couldn't get any prints? That's when Catherine realizes if the killer pushed all the buttons, it means that she can jigsaw her way and put all those mudges together and create a print from that. I don't know how that would hold up the cord, though, but that's what she does. And the print comes back to Warbird. What happened was, Warbird, he walked into his suite and he found out that Donna was taking a bath inside his water. He said that he was living because of her. He killed her and then put her inside the elevator. So inside the morgue, Donna tells Rebecca, Rebecca the blonde ladies, that Robert would gamble for four hours every time he came to Vegas. She took that bath every time, but only this time it was bad luck. And Rebecca starts to tell us down to her story. And then we see there is a huge hole inside of Rebecca's head. I mean, there's a huge, mm-hmm. like, there's a whole crater inside her head. There's a whole crater inside her head. Like, I am not joking. There's a whole crater. One chapter two, is called No-Brainer. Which is kind of a no-brainer pun. Oh, my. Okay, good, Gris, and we get it. Oh, guys, I didn't know if you noticed, but last week, I accidentally called Greg Griss. <laughs> I didn't mean that, but I did it. I did it anyway. Okay, yeah. good, we get it. You know, you
0: can call me Gris. Uh, I
1: don't know. Chapter 2, no-brainer. On the case, we have Greg, Warwick, and Sophia, and apparently it's way too hot on that episode because Warwick is wearing a uh, sleeveless shirt. Okay. Rebecca's body is on the base of a cliff because she fell from the cliff. Sophia tells Warwick and Greg that Rebecca fell while she was hiking with her husband, Gavin. She was hiking with her husband, Gavin, and he left to get help. Warwick, she she finds a piece of bloody clothing near the top of the cliff. There's a hole in the back of, her, of the victim's head where her brain should be. Greg finds the brain near some bushes. But he also finds her cell phone near the rain. Where Sophia uh, are talking to uh, Gavin, who calls himself a geek, for married a beauty. Oh, okay. He tells Sophia and Warwick that Rebecca was taking the pictures of a bald eagle. She got too close to the edge and fell. 3rd the method. how did she manage to take pictures of an eagle? fell, and also did a spin. Like, how did she, she fell, did a spin, and then lost her brain in the process. Because how? The math mass ain't messy. The math ain't messy, Which is, like, getting work to really think. He's like, that ain't what happened. Work, take a look at the pictures. He did see some pictures of the, the eagle. Work is like, why didn't you call somebody instead of hiking to the Nearest ranger station, and Gavin's like, no service. I'm sorry, but if not significant other they fell off the cliff, the way I'd be sprinting to the nearest ranging station, or I call for help on my phone. An autopsy is a full day on autopsy. Doc Robbins, he is telling Warwick what happened. He tells work that there's a lot of injuries to her body because she fell off the cliff, right? So there are fractures and abrasions, which happens with a fall. Her hands are torn, which means that she tried to grab onto something as she was falling. Which is true. When you fall, you try to grab at whatever is nearest to you because it's an instinct. It's a human instinct. Whenever you fall onto something, your hands, they kind of spread out to try and grab whatever is near to break your fall. She has a broken middle finger. And Warwick's like, how would she break her middle finger during the song? Somebody could have stacked onto her hands. And <laughs> Warwick is literally in the middle of a call to Tina. Like, oh, I was wondering if we could do something because it's been a while. And then Harry interrupts him. And then Harry's like, oh, I can come back later is like, no, work comes first, and he hangs up the phone. I'm pretty sure Cena made him sleep on the couch that night. Yeah, if he man, came home, even even yeah, because man, that's your wife. That's your wife, sir. Like how? Why didn't say work so work? That's your wife. That's your, that's your that's the woman that you should love and cherish for the rest of your that's life. That's the woman who's going to bear your child. Exactly. In in uh a year and a half. In a year and a half, exactly. Harry tells Warwick that Rebecca's blood had antidepressants and she had been drinking. The thing is, if you are on antidepressants, you cannot be drinking. Okay, You cannot mix both of them. Or maybe you cannot mix both of them, but if you're going to drink, then you're going to have to wait a few hours after you've taken your antidepressants. Warwick and Sophia decide to question Gavin, and Gavin tells them that Rebecca was worried about getting ugly because she was getting old she was she was worried about getting ugly so and everybody it's...
0: remember this was in the early 2000s yeah and even still today a lot of times women have an unhealthy standards of beauty it's got a little bit but it's yeah. still kind of bad
1: here, let's just take a break here okay don't don't starve yourself to fit into the measurements of beauty okay first of all this is not healthy this is not healthy for you because when you eat again, you're going to be a lot more hungry because you haven't been eating for a few hours at that point. And besides, your body needs the energy to keep yourself don't, alive. Don't starve yourself and don't overeat. Yeah. Okay. You, you don't need to sit into anybody's standards. Okay. Just to be yourself. You just need to be yourself and be happy. Okay. I know this is sound reductive, It's actually the the times that we're living in, but like everything we see on Instagram is completely fake or on social media is completely fake. There's so much filter on those pictures. So many filters on those pictures, okay? And those things are not real. The perfect body doesn't exist. Nope. Don't be so hard on yourself because you think you cannot fit into some pre-established norm that society has. You don't be so hard on yourself because you think you don't fit in. Society is the one that has to fit in around you, not the other way around. prison thought he was going to be judged because if he told anyone about his hearing condition, Sarah thought she was going to be judged if she ever told anyone about her past. So they both kept it in because they thought they were going to be judged. In the end, they were supposed to look for help sooner rather than later. And they've realized that if they had come for help a lot sooner, this whole thing would have been avoided. And that's so what I'm trying to say is just don't be so hard on yourself, okay? Gavin took his wife to Vegas because that's where they first met to try and make her happy, but it didn't work. We didn't see a flashback showing her at the top of the cliff and then um, throwing herself off a of bit. Warwick tells Grissom that he thinks that Gavin is the one that killed his wife. And Grissom tells Warwick that they could take Gavin to court for reckless endangerment for promoting suicide, but they will have to make it sick. Apparently, this is a thing in the U.S. because Grissom does mention the case that happened in New York, but it's hard to make that thing go to court and it's hard to, to prove to a judge and to a jury that actually happened. Grissom tells Warwick that he has to prove that Rebecca Try to kill herself before. He is going through her phone records. And he finds a video of Gavin pushing her off the cliff. She was recording the view when he pushed her. So Gavin is running for questioning again. And Gavin tells Warwick that having a wife that was so attractive as Rebecca was... Costing him a lot of money. That's why he killed her. So in the morgue, there's a body coming in. And it's a man with the two on his shoulder. And he asks Donna and Rebecca if they've seen his wife or a little girl. And they say they haven't seen it. And they haven't seen any of them. And he's actually relieved. Which takes us to chapter three. So we have two victims here. Okay. Russell Carries and Jack Day. And Sophia has two cases today. Okay. She has one of warts and Greg and another with Nick. Nick, he comes to the scene and a driver ran into a police car. The driver of the car is dead and he sees blood on the handle of the car. He asked the police officer if she touched and he say the police officer, no, says, no, I seen the, the, your class is stopped by your lab guys. I didn't touch anything. I know better. And there's no skin marks on the pavement, which means that the driver didn't tend to run into the police car. Doc Robbins, he's on the scene, and they're like, oh, what happened to Dave? And uh, <laughs> Doc Robbins said, Dave is having a huge day today, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying to break some sort of record. Uh, maybe and what if didn't... he hit the cycle? What if he
0: yeah. the cycle, exactly? Maybe,
1: maybe Dave was trying to break the cycle, to break the cycle here. Oh, if you don't know what the cycle is, it's, um. Uh, Homicide, been,
0: natural, rape. It's basically every crime committed. It's
1: basically like every, every crime committed, but like every COD by every crime committed. I mean, there's a, there's a very funny episode, uh, down the line. of uh, but the cycle. Yeah, Dave is the one that hits the cycle in the end, but everyone's betting on the CSIs. But Dave is the one that ends up winning, and Doc was the one that ends up betting on him because he tells Dave that he bet on him because if there was a natural death, the CSIs wouldn't be called, but Dave would. The driver's name is Russell Carries. There is dried blood on Russell's hands and on the steering wheel, but no bloody wounds on his body. Nick finds a knife in the passenger seat, and Sophia decides to look for stabbing victims. There's actually a very quick result to it. At a nearby gas station, the police got a call because there was a man wielding a knife. By the time, Campbell rides, Jack Day was dead. He was stabbed in the chest in front of his wife and their young daughter. He gave the guy his wallet, but the killer stabbed him and ran away. Nick shows up and he asks the wife, like, if you saw the guy again, could you identify it? The wife was like, Yeah, of course. And she looks at it at the picture and it was the guy that ran into the police car, was I think his name was Russell, it was Russell. She tells Sophia that actually Jack had just come back from Iraq and he was meeting his daughter for the first time and that is really upsetting. Nick takes the tire and shoe impressions around the scene to see if it matches with what they have. Doc Robbins in the autopsy, he tells Nick that Jack was in top shape except for the stab wound. Russell, he had signs of Inhaling a caustic poison or drug. But he didn't know what it was. So he sent it to DNA for it. But the cause of death was because his coal separated from his spine in the car accident. I think this is called whiplash. I think it is called whiplash. Yeah. Yes. Nick and Archie, they are going over the surveillance footage from the gas station. They see Russell getting out of his car. Going over to Jack. Confronting him jack giving his wallet but rosa was tapping him and running off nick is like why why would he do that why would he go after the biggest guy in the station which makes sense i mean if he was in that state he would probably go over the weakest person in the station they rewind the tape and they realize that rosa was actually really shaky and henry tells nick that the only thing that was found on Russell's blood was a high concentration of THC. And Nick was like, yeah, that's b c p That's the street name for THC. And <laughs> Harry's like, yeah, but I don't work with street names. <laughs> that, that seems really funny. <laughs> because, because Nick is like, yeah, this is like the street name for this. And he was like, sir, I don't work with street names. I don't know her. Nick is processing Russell's car and the key signs a joint. Henry tells Nick that the joint was laced with embalming fluid, the type that is injected into dead people. Arsenic. I mean, that stuff could kill you. That's literally the stuff injected into dead people, but that stuff could actually kill you. Nick goes to Grissom. Grissom has a lot of things going on. He has his own case, but he has to go over everyone's cases at the same time. My man was having a big day today. And he was also given a tour. Exactly. There's a lot of things going on today. Nick was talking to Grissom about the case. And Grissom like, I don't know, man. Maybe the involving fluid would give a longer, less high, maybe. He's not the only scientist over there, Nick. I mean, there's a lot of scientists. We could go over this with anyone. Anyways, Nick tells Grissom, like, okay, what am I supposed to tell his widow then that, that he died because somebody was getting high? And that's exactly what he does. That's what exciting. Jack actually tells Dylan and Rebecca that it was the best of his life, even though he died because he got suspended with his wife and his baby daughter. And then two guys sit up on the morgue. One of them has a missing left arm. And then we have to go
0: to the final chapter of the episode, which is my favorite chapter. My two but you don't want to have watch this episode, this part. When you're eating something,
1: especially I something
0: eggs,
1: I ate. I ate something. I was having dinner when I was just watching this. But episode. did were you
0: eating eggs? I knew I was eating pizza. Well, it's chapter four, the Nevada Chainsaw Massacre. We play on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Yeah, the movie. I okay. Did, have I ever saw the movie? The movie because there's a lot of movies about the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right, there's like an old one and the original one. And there's a remake. It would go original old or remake, not Oh yeah, there's original and a remake and there's a remake of the remake, right? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Think that, I haven't seen it, but I like I've seen some parts of it. But I haven't seen all of it. Apparently it's really disgusting. And also, you know what? It would be so hard to kill somebody with a chainsaw because the chainsaw in itself is quite heavy to well, handle. This is what Gris and Sarah talk about. Yeah, like it's really hard to, to kill somebody it would be really hard to kill somebody with a chainsaw. So I think the principle of the of Chainsaw Massacre, it doesn't practically work because the chainsaw in itself is hard to handle. And then you have to be really careful about how you handle it because you can cut yourself, literally a limb off yourself, while you try to kill someone else. So the principle of this movie, they don't work. Chapter 4, the Nevada Chainsaw Massacre, we have two victims. Lil Beltram and Ray Gaynor. On this case, we have Br- Brass is working to Kate the while at Sophia. And we have Grissom and Sarah, you know, GSR, where Kim, it's very really funny because Sarah tells Grissom something that she learned about him before actually meeting him. And they fl- flirt. Yeah. Grissom and Sarah flirt in the crime scene. I mean, what's new? Grissom and Sarah, they go to a crime scene and they first of all, they see vomit on the sidewalk. They're like, okay. And they usually don't see vomit before they get in, they get into a crime scene. So, which means there's something really gross inside because they've seen gross, but probably it's really bad. The door has been forced and there's a shoe print on the door. They open the door and there's a, there's a gift out there of them looking at the crime scene. <laughs> They're like, oh gosh. Literally, that means, oh, no, they're the homicide. They find two bodies on the floor. One has a severed arm, and there's a bloody chainsaw next to the bodies. And there's so much blood all around the garage. Like, a lot of it. Grissom is photographing the, the cast stuff at the ceiling, and he asks Sarah for the theory. She tells him that she thinks that somebody broke in, attacks them, and left. Grissom said that, yeah, it could, it could work. It could work, but there's no shoe prints from her, some of the third person because there's so much blood. You would expect to find a shoe print from a person go- going out. Also, when they're working the crime scene, Sarah <laughs> tells Grissom that this whole case reminds her of, of when they first met when she attended his lecture. What was the case about his lecture?
0: Something about the force blush. Yeah, and uh, I believe I said if the first if if evidence changes so much the theory. Yeah, and so I,
1: said, I know you're a bit of a dull speaker,
0: <laughs> and Chris was so offended
1: when she said that.
0: <laughs> Maybe definitely Vincent wants one of these. helped get him to go to medical later on in the season. Probably yeah, yeah, that, you, you may be right to prove his girlfriend wrong
1: that he wasn't a
0: dull speaker.
1: I mean, that, it, at that point, it would have been the, how many years that
0: they met? See, they met in 98. It would have this been episode al-
1: is 06. Almost 10 years? Eight years. Eight years, okay. Oh, oh Yeah. But- well, so that's what I'm seeing. They signed the ID of the guy that has one alarm, and it's Ray Gaynor. He lives down the streets. The other victim is probably Lou. In the autopsy, Doc Robbins tells Grissom that the directionality of low wounds as uh, from bottom to top. Okay. From the bottom to top. Grissom tells Doc Robbins that the teeth of a chainsaw moves away from their operator, which means that Lou should have been splashed from top to bottom, not bottom to top. Grissom even notices there's a tear on Sammy, I mean, on Lou's wrist. Which means that he was probably wearing a watch on his, and that is important because we're going to realize that low is actually left-handed, not right-handed. Left-handed people they use
0: special equipment.
1: Yeah, and also they when they use
0: right-handed stuff is a lot more difficult. Yeah, this is not about
1: looking at watch. When they, when they are using a watch or anything, or like a bracelet or something, they don't wear it on their on their dominant hand. They wear it on their non-dominant hand because if you're right-handed, you probably use your watch on your left hand, right? So you can know the time, you know. And in ap ep- in people are screwed. Hey, oh, screwed. Sarah realizes that the chainsaw was actually owned by Ray, and she also finds a shield bits of wood and metal shavings inside the inside the plate consistent with the furniture appliances which means that Lowe was probably cutting the furniture up he was cutting everything up in half he was doing that because he was getting a divorce from his wife Julia brass was talking to her and they were getting a divorce and apparently he was cutting everything that she was going to take. That's really Patty. She's not the one to blame because she was working the flight attendant while everything was going on. Rissom and Sarah, they are trying to reconstruct the blood spatter on the ceiling with dummies. But the blood spatter is not matching. Every single time they try to do it, it's not matching. The blood spatter is not matching because the angle is off. Sarah decides to reposition the chainsaw as the last person would do it. And it does match. It looks like Lou cut off Ray's arm, but who killed Lou. Lou was cut from bottom to the top. And he had a tailoring of his watch on his right wrist, which means that he was probably less-handed. According to his life, he was not very handy with stuff, which means that he was probably struggling to operate the chainsaw. Ray was confronted him about it he accidentally cut Ray's arm off then the chainsaw was pushed into his chest and killed him it was just accident we find out later that Grissom is telling the story of all these cases to the students he tells the students that 2,500 people there are attended they die each year because most of the products are, designs for, are designed for right-handed people. One of the students asked why they didn't check if there was a third person, and Grissom says that they didn't because that third person will leave trace war or will leave. Its... Which he also tells him that part of being a CSI is able to work with the uncertainty of things. That's one thing that you're going to learn after every case. Also, one of the students asked him, how do you deal with the smell?" And Grissom's like, are you you're gonna have to get used to it. Really, like after a while, you, you get used to it, and this you probably smell. yeah. And when he's asked why he does what he does, he says because the dead can speak for themselves. And that is true. He does that because the dead can speak for them. He keeps repeating that all throughout the seasons. The grace of this, and we have to give voice to the voiceless, voice to the dead. I mean, that's really the reason why he does what he does. Dance episode was really funny. This tends to happen, as we said in the beginning, this tends to happen, that's a very dramatic and heavy episode. We always have this funny episode, this lighthearted episode. Very nice. I really liked it. Especially Sarah and Grissom flirting in that episode, especially because on Built to Kill part two. We think that like they have an argument and then then they are okay. Because apparently they're talking out. Well, wow, so yeah, Brie, what are we talking about next week? Oh, to kill part one. Yeah. They also kill part one. Okay, look. If this episode was made on this day and age, it would be a very controversial episode. Oh, yeah. It would be a very controversial episode, especially because there's only one person of color on the main cast of investigators. They okay. We understand that, and also we understand that even though investigating a police chase that went wrong. The relationship that the police officers have with minority never change. Never change. Yeah. And I mean we can see it well in that episode. I mean there's a certain part of the episode. One of the criminals is wounded on the floor from a survivable wound. And one of the police officers says I don't speak Spanish when he asks for help. And then the sheriff is like, not knowing finished. it should have not been a reason not to help him. And uh, I actually learned that later. It's the paramedics have been called earlier. They should have helped the victims that were in worse condition, not the officers first. They should have helped the, per- the, the person that was in worse condition. Yep. I mean, in CSI Vegas, season one, that they tried to arrest Max's son they think he's initiating, like, a fight or something. And someone from from the police itself, they tried to charge him with it. And Max really stood up. Instead of, you know, trying to talk things out, she really stood up. And she's like, you're just doing because my son is Black, not because he was trying to protect that girl. Like, if he had been white, he wouldn't have been doing this, which is true. This was it for the twelfth episode of CSI Vegas. It's talk. We love you guys so so much. Please stay safe out there. Love y'all. We love you. Bye.
0: Bye.